Okay, people, up next on Just for Sport, I'm giving props to Monique Curry. She's a former WNBA player, and now she works at Nike. She's a friend of mine, too. We talk about the W, that's the WNBA bubble, and Mo came up with that, and the NBA bubble. Mo gives insight on who she thinks will win the W and NBA championship as both get set for the restart, and you will never guess what she is doing to stay in the game. Hint. It's right in line with the Props Network. Oh, and of course, we talk Washington NFL team, too. You know, we're both from the DMV. They were in the news, but not for good reasons. For the Props Network, this is Just for Sport in three, two, one. What's up, Mo? How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. It always feels weird to just call you Mo, because I feel like that's such a DC thing, too. But obviously, your name is Monique Curry as well. Um <laughs> I miss you. I miss you on the East Coast. It's weird that you're in Portland as a Nike executive. Like, you're not a West Coast. Hey, I'm not an executive. I'm not, a, I'm not an well, executive. I'm just a, an employee. An employee, yeah. <laughs> okay. Associate product, associate product line manager for Nike, a former WNBA player, as I mentioned in the intro. But I don't know. It just seems weird you're all the way out there. It How is. is it? It's weird. I'm still getting used to it. Um, but I'm enjoying it. It's so different than DC, just like the people, the landscape, the speed, but I feel like I've really found my community here and, Mm -hmm. you know, I make the best of whatever situation I'm in. So it's been all right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to start on a bad note, but there's obviously been some civil unrest in Portland, you know, federal agents arresting protesters, moms, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's just been a lot going there. What has it been like for you seeing the civil unrest and the protests that really started with the killing of George Floyd, but it's gone well beyond that when you start to have Breonna Taylor and and all of the other people that, you know, have been killed, unfortunately, at the hands of police officers and Mm -hmm. racial inequality, so many things that are kind of coming up to a a boil. Yeah. Well, um, like immediately following um, the George Floyd death, I went down to Portland and um, was out protesting with uh, some of my friends. I went about, I went twice and it was, it was kind of, I wanted to be a part of something historic really and just wanted to be a part of um, using my voice to, you know, fight for, uh, for justice for all people. And it was, it was nice to be out there because as you know, Portland is a predominantly, it's probably one of the whitest cities in the country and to Mm -hmm. see so many, allies out there demanding justice and fighting and now the things have turned a little bit now I, I i don't go down there now because it's become dangerous and um there's a lot going on but um i actually live 20 minutes outside of portland so i'm not really around that area but i'm seeing the same things that everyone else is seeing on the news and on social media that it's it's really dangerous out there right now and i'm not sure what the end result is going to be. I'm not sure if it's all protesters mixed in with a little bit of um, like rebel rousers or whatever is going down. But I do feel a sense of um, not pride or happiness that people are continuing to fight and use their voices for the right things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I think that's important too. I mean, even Nike's taking a stand along with a lot of other bigger companies. What has the 
climate been like for you at Nike uh, since then in terms of the awareness of either non-minorities or just as a company and making a statement about, hey, there's some things, some healing that needs to be done? Yeah, it's been a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. I think initially after everything happened, Nike was one of the first companies to come out with a statement. But I think what the community here in the black community in particular is really pushing for is like tangible things to show change. So, you know, companies can put out statements, but then it's like, what is your what are your hiring practices like? What is the diversity makeup of our teams? What are you doing for the black employees that are currently at Nike and so we're really pushing our leadership and we have task force and everything that are kind of like leading the way but we're looking for like real change real action and I feel like Nike has stepped up to the plate but also changing the dynamics and changing the culture of a company it takes time so we're in the beginning of things um I think the the flow of conversation has been has been amazing, like communication. We have a new CEO named John Donahoe who has really come in and starting to shake things up and is really serious about diversity and inclusion at Nike. And so it remains to be seen, you know, actions speak louder than words, but I'm also patient and know that it takes time for real change to be noticeable. Yeah, I've been talking a lot about actions speak louder than words and then Natasha Cloud, who we'll get to later, but I just, always remember crumbs right she did that interview with don lemon she was like don't fall don't fall for the crumbs don't be just mm-hmm. getting the crumbs let's think bigger yeah. um le- but let's go back to nike what does your job entail because i remember you're like oh i'm moving out to nike it's like whoa yes. what's going on and i didn't want to hit you up for shoes you know <laughs> the funniest thing people think like when you work at nike that there's just like free shoes floating around <laughs> yeah. in the hallways like i don't know where people think these shoes come from but you wouldn't be the first person to be like, Mo, can you send me some shoes? I'm like, I have to buy them. I have to buy them just like right? everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so my role, Nike has a lot of uh, terminology. And when you come here, people just talk fast and you just pick it up. But I'm an APLM, which stands for Associate Product Line Manager. And basically, I am the voice of the consumer. So before COVID hit, like, you know, I would market travel, you know, uh, talk to consumers, uh, talk to different shops that we sell our sneakers in and kind of just get insights on like, what's next? What are people asking for? What's selling well? Um, You know, what colors are hitting? Uh, You know, what trend is popping? So I gather all these insights and then I bring those insights back to my team who I then brief and tell them like, hey, you know, kids want, bright colors and so and specifically i work on acg line which is all conditions gear it's our outdoor hiking footwear so that that's is my favorite line that's yeah my favorite. oh that's yeah yeah acgs yeah you wear a size 10 jim okay i got nah, you nah, nah. i'll take you're a 10 a nine? i'll take a 10 no forget what i said i'll take a 10 oh if you're a nine or a 10 because those are sample okay. sizes. oh nine yeah nine nine oh, okay <laughs> i'm gonna hook you up then jim okay, okay. But so basically I bring those insights back to the team. I bring it to the designer and I brief him on what's what people want and designer makes a shoe. Mm-hmm. And so then um, as a as a group, including myself, the designer and the developer, which is someone who communicates with our factories in Asia to get the shoe actually made together mm-hmm. as a team, we collaborate, we get a sample back, you know, we check it out like, all right, mm, we like this, we don't like that, we need to change this, we need to change that. And so that whole process from concept where I said, hey, 
Nathan, his name is Nathan Van Hook, is our designer. Hey, Nate, the kids want a $100 shoe that works in the outdoors and also works in the city, but it needs to be durable because it's going to be on trails. It, it might need to have like um, weather protection so they can wear it all year. Just And so he'll make a shoe. And so that process from concept to commercialization, when it actually is ready to launch, I manage yeah. that whole process. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Was it... Was it exciting when you started? Was there something that like you were like nervous walking on the campus? And, and I wonder if when you got there, there was something completely unexpected that just blew your mind about being at Nike. I mean, I was nervous because as you know, I had played basketball my whole life. My career had been basketball up until this point. So you were a star when you walked in there then, right? They were like, oh, Joe Curry's coming. Everybody's a star here, but um no, I mean, my biggest thing was like, what am I going to wear to work? I don't have any dress clothes. I'm thinking like, <laughs> what do people wear when they're working? But luckily for me, Nike, although Nike is a, corp a corporation, it's a corporate America, it's not like corporate corporate. So, mm -hmm. you know, people, like the clothes I wear is what I would wear on a normal day. And so um, it's very, it's competitive because everybody at Nike wants to like push out the best products. We want the best for our consumers but at the same time it's more like nobody's really like clocking what you're doing when you're doing as long as you get your work done that's the thing yeah. and then also a part of it that i love is like nike encourages you to work out right so it's oh, normal cool. when somebody like gets up at two o'clock and like with their gym bag is like all right i'm about to go to the gym i'll be back in an hour or two like that's normal everybody does it wow. you you go work out, like they have facilities on campus that have any type of workout you can think of. You want to swim, you want to yoga, you want to Pilates, you want to bike, you want to uh, swing golf clubs, you want to play soccer, anything you want to do, Nike has it available to you on campus. Wow. You have access to it whenever, bro. Well, yeah. Pre-COVID. Yeah. So okay. um, that was really like refreshing for me because I don't know you know, after, after playing, sometimes it's hard to find what works for you, what exercise you want to do. Like, yeah, I could play basketball. I play intramurals. Oh, um, I must ask, because you didn't bring up basketball when you bring it up all these sports. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I do play, I did play intramurals. Okay. Um, and it's a lot of former athletes here, maybe not professional level, but a lot of people play collegiately that work at Nike. And so wow. it's a very, very competitive. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest surprises is, is that the amount of time it takes from an idea of a shoe to it actually coming to market. So the process is like 18 months long. What? And the shoe that I briefed, I briefed the shoe, which is like, I brought the insights to designer like last week was wow. for summer 22. That's and we amazing. are what? We're in summer yeah, 20, 20 right now. 20. Wow. Yeah. So that was that's pretty super shocking yeah yeah oh man because because the thing is like how would you know the trends are going to be the same that's the thing we had you have to kind of stay ahead of what the trend is going to be you got to give people what they you got to give people what they don't even know yeah. they want yet. yeah and that's, nike's good at it nike does it like the shoes that are coming out like shoes that released today teams worked on those shoes a year and a half ago so mm -hmm. they're like so for me um seeing my first I've been here a year and like three or four months yeah um and one of the projects I started on when I first got here was called the space hippie and it recently came out it's a shoe um it has Nike's lowest carbon footprint because it's made out mm -hmm. of all recycled materials and then so the shoes sold out 
right? So like yeah. I'm super, I'm super hyped. Like yeah, that's a shoe I worked on. It sold out, but it's it's a really good feeling when the shoe finally comes to the market. But I worked yeah. on that shoe over a year ago. I think I saw that on on Twitter. And the other shoe I saw is the Black Lives Matter Converse shoe. Yeah. So that shoe was um. There's a guy I met on Instagram who does like cu custom work. Yeah. And I I DM'd him. I had ordered from him some of his custom work, some other Chuck Taylors that he did, but I DM'd him like, hey, I have this idea. I'd like a Converse with Black Lives Matter throughout the swoosh. And he was like, oh my God, that's so dope. You know, he met up with me out here in Beaverton. I got, I bought the shoes, gave him the shoes and he, he put it together. And wow. I'm, I, they haven't gotten to me yet, but I'm yeah. excited. He mailed that's them cool. yeah. the day. Yeah. I remember when the Wizards, we, we did one of our West Coast swings and we practiced at the Nike facility. So yeah. I imagine you're talking about the exact same basketball court with almost like floor to ceiling, glass windows. It was like three or four courts. We have a couple gyms. So okay. I don't know if yeah. you guys practice in Coach K. Um, I don't remember the name of it. I just remember okay. I did a Wizards minute with Nick Young and Trevor mm -hmm. Booker, like, you know, uh, video bomb, you know, with bare chested and you yeah. know, Nick and we I probably were at the bow. So the, the Coach K is the newest um, okay. workout facility. So yeah. it's super nice. It's even nicer than that. Okay. In which you uh, and it, so it's a huge campus. I mean, it's in Beaverton, but it really should be called Nike, Oregon. I feel like. <laughs> it really should be. The campus is huge. It feels like a, it feels like a, like a college campus really. Yeah. And the vibe is very college campus. Like you see new people every day. People dress cool, you know, yeah. they have cafeterias, you eat with your friends, it's, you go to the gym, it's, it feels like a college vibe. Do everybody want you on their team, like for the intramurals? <laughs> people, so many people ask me to be on their team. But Jim, okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like after I retired from basketball, I forgot how to play. Like, I what? do not know how to play basketball. Like, when I'm playing an intramural game, I'm like, man, I can't believe I did this for 13 years. I'm like, really? running up and down the court. I'm tired. I'm just like, man, this is, this is interesting. I'm shooting. I'm just like, wow, this feels weird because I didn't play basketball for, for like eight, nine months after I retired. I was just, yeah. you know, kicking it. And so yeah. picking it back up, it's still fun, but I'm really like learning or figuring out other ways, um, other exercises that I like and running yeah. is something that I'm trying to, I've been getting into. Oh, wow. Everybody <laughs> runs here. Like Oregon, yeah, Oregon is a running state. And I think like from U of O where, you know, um, Prefontaine. Yeah, Prefontaine and Phil Knight. Um, like Nike was created as a running company and everybody here runs and like I'm competitive. And I want to figure out why these people run and how do they do it? Because it's so challenging, like distance yeah. running is very, very hard. And so like I run probably at least three times a week and I've been doing it for months now and really slowly getting better. It's still a struggle yeah. every time, but I'm enjoying the process. Well, I hope when you're playing basketball, you still have that signature Mo me mug when something's <laughs> not going right. <laughs> I do, especially when they're not serious. I'm like, come on, man. You guys are playing around and you're just throwing the ball away. And you don't care. I'm like, bro, I'm not out here to lose. I'm trying to win, okay? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not okay. Let's go. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, okay. So the WNBA is restarting this Saturday, July 25th, is yep. the first game of the season. Yep. My, I have two-part question to start. Would yep. you have played in the Wubble, which you're taking credit for starting, calling it the Wubble. That's the WNBA bubble. Yeah. But I was thinking, Mo, you could have went in as a ref. 
<laughs> right? I mean, I'm not to that level yet, but if I were a player, yes, I would have went to the bubble. Why not? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Your yeah. experience. Yeah, for sure. IMG mm-hmm. Academy can't be as bad as people outside the bubble. Like exactly. It seems like know. it's safer. I mean, what, the NBA came back and had zero yep. positive yes, tests so far. Yes, so it did. feels like being in that bubble might be beneficial. It yes, is. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I, I feel like similar to the NBA, I mean, I'm going to go down this whole list of all of the players that have said they're not opting in. Renee Montgomery for advocacy. Tiffany Hayes, advocacy. John Quill Jones, health. Liz Cambage, health. Christy Tolliver, Chenea Gwumake, mm-hmm. uh, Maya Moore, who's been out for adv- advocacy for, uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Mystics, you got Natasha Cloud. Tina Charles, Latonya Sanders, mm-hmm. Latoya Sanders, excuse me, and then EDD also trying to get an exemption. What are your thoughts on the players opting out that you can understand what they are, what their reasoning is, and does it matter if it's health or social justice? Is a the reason they're not playing, and is it hurting the league? I mean, that's a that's a loaded question. And for one, I'll say like every player has the right to make whatever decision they feel is best for themselves. And whether it's health, whether it's um, advocacy, whether it's like they just don't feel comfortable in a season that is playing out this way. Don't play. That's their money. That's their life. That's their situation. So I have really no opinion on. Um, well, I do have an opinion. I, I I mean, I think it's awesome that players are willing to opt out um, and to, I guess, fight for something that they feel is bigger than basketball, which it is, which, mm-hmm. you know, everything that's going on in the world is bigger than basketball. But at the same time, you could argue that the platform that they will have or would have had playing basketball may have been greater than the platform um, not playing, which, mm-hmm. I mean, arguably, because, I mean, there be, Renee Montgomery has been very visible on on shows, podcasts, you know, Tasha Cloud was on Don Lemon, which is huge. If she was a player, if she had decided to play this season, would she have been on Don Lemon? Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had Natasha come and speak on our Monday call. Um, that oh, we that's had. cool. And, yeah, and kind of introduced her to Nike because, you know, she's a Converse athlete, first yeah. female basketball player that they've signed and, you know, bringing her to the Nike, you know, Converse is our family. So having her talk about you know, what's important to her and how she opted out this season. I think it's, I think it's, um, it's something to be proud of and mm-hmm. like living your truth. If that's what you want to do at the same time, it's an opportunity for new teams to come up there, you yeah. know, and make a run for it. Um, some teams have most of their players. There was a lot of, it's probably like the biggest free agency off season that there had been in a long time, a lot of excitement, more movement than usual. Mm-hmm. So I think the season will be, fun to watch. I put in my fan duel. You know, I can I can yeah. bet on I can yes, bet on basketball now. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I can bet on basketball now. I put my lineup in for Saturday. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I never have done like fan duel or anything before. So yeah. I think it'll I think it'll be cool. I'm looking forward to the season. I'm looking yeah. forward to basketball. And and it is amazing what Maya Moore has done in getting freedom for Jonathan Irons. That is, you know, I feel like for her, she's almost reached her goal. I thought maybe she would decide, okay, I'm going to come back and play because now he's out of prison. I can go and play. But I actually want to pivot because, I, you know, it's interesting. You brought up FanDuel, too. Mm-hmm. 
do you, is that like a thing? Like, man, I, I really will enjoy thinking about betting on sports. Uh, do you think that that is uh, a good thing for sports? And please tell me, who's your favorite now? Because now we got to know who you're picking to win it all. <laughs> well, I mean, this is something, FanDuel is something new to me. Like, before I had it, but you could play, you could play without money and just play right. uh, fantasy like, but now I can play with money. And so, um, I don't know. It seems fun. I think it's great for the game to include the WNBA on these betting sites because it brings more. A lot of guys who don't necessarily watch basketball um, may become more interested because if they can win money off the game. So they watch the games and That's right. it's a fun way to engage a new group of um, people with the W. So, um yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna see how I did. Of course, my affinity is with the Mystics, though. Like that's my yeah, team. Yeah. When I was making my, when I was picking my selections, I kept picking Washington players. I'm like, all right, there's too many players on here. I need, to, <laughs> I need to think outside of Washington and like really. You know, I got my salary for the uh, my whatever my max salary I right. can pay, and just trying to move play. So Washington is always my team. I don't think they'll win a championship this year. They just are missing. Like you know, Tolliver's gone. Mm-hmm. Cloud is not playing. Deladon's not playing. Toya's not playing. So, mm-hmm. but I do think it's a great opportunity for some players, younger players, um, Maisha Hines Allen, Ariel Atkins, to really um, move their game forward and you know have an opportunity that they may not have had if other players. Yeah, uh, and Emma Mieseman, who was a WNBA Emma, Finals MVP, let's see how much she can carry the team. That's yeah, they still have Emma and. Yeah, this will be an opportunity for her to lead in a way. I mean, she was a leader. I mean, she's a big reason why they won the championship. Yeah. What do they call her, like, playoff Emma? But, yeah. um, <laughs> but I would have I picked Connecticut to win. That's what I was going to That's exactly what I was going to say. Jones wasn't sitting out. Okay. Which is a big loss for them. But also they picked up Dewana Bonner, who is one-of-a-kind player, who will bring um, a whole new dimension of basketball in like winning mentality, championship mentality to that team. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's yet to be seen how well she meshes um, and how that chemistry flows. And also they're missing uh, Courtney Williams, who was like super, super brought the energy to the sun. So yeah. they'll yeah. be up there. I think they'll compete. Seattle's, I think a lot of people forget like Stewart is back. Stewart didn't yeah. play last season. And so they have their core, like Jewel Loy, Sue Bird and Stewie are all back on the court. So I think they'll be good. And then LA too. Um, yeah, Candace Parker seems to be healthy. Uh, NECA is playing. You know, Cheney is sitting out, but I think they still have. Mm, well, maybe not. I mean, they got some. They got Chelsea Gray, so mm-hmm. I think there are a couple teams that are really going to take this opportunity and make, make a run for it. Why not? Yeah, I'm thinking Seattle. That's who I think is is going to be my pick to win it all. I think. With Sue Bird back, I think that's a big deal. Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart. I mean, Brianna Stewart alone, like, come on. I mean, yeah, that's Brianna Stewart. She yeah. gave everybody a break last season. By everybody was like, I know that's what I would have been like. I mean, obviously, you don't want anybody to get hurt, and you know, you wish them well, but you just like, man, I don't have to face her. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. I um, think it'll be competitive. You're big into social media. And let's combine it with the NBA and the WNBA. Who are, who are you following that you enjoy their wobble or bubble content? Uh, who is good? I enjoy Diamond the Shields from the Sky. She okay. 
posts a lot. It's so funny because the kids are so young. There was a video today on social media with Simone Augustus was asking all of her players, her teammates, what year were they born in? She yeah. asked them, you guys remember, she was like, you guys remember Grandmama? And all of them looked at her like, who is that? Who is Grandmama? And she's like, you don't know who Grandmama is? You know who Larry Johnson is? And they're all like, have this blank look. And she's like, what year were you born? And one was like, a 93. And somebody was like, 95. And she's like, she's just like, it's blowing her mind. It was the funniest thing ever. Like, that's how I felt like my last year. Everybody yeah. was so young. Um, on the NBA side, I don't know. I mean, I don't follow anybody that's like funny. I mean, I enjoy LeBron. He's my favorite player. So I follow mm -hmm. him. I, I, I really like seeing his family. Like I'm a big fan of his daughter. She's so cute Yeah. Um, to me. But outside of LeBron, um, I follow guys, but I don't think there's anyone who really is like, yeah, stands out to me. I mentioned on a podcast I did uh, last week with a comedian who's big into the NBA too, but I like Matisse Thybul. And of course, I'm a big JaVale McGee fan. I mean, he's with the Wizards and we used to do YouTube videos together back in the day before he was, he left the Wizards. But Matisse Thybul, I mean, he's playing, but he seems to always have a camera in his hand. Really? I don't even uh, know who that is. Yeah. Who he's with the Sixers. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Who that is. Yeah. <laughs> I follow... I mean, I follow the NBA loosely, but I'm more of a WNBA fan than NBA fan. Okay. Who is who's your favorite to to win the NBA title? Lakers. Lakers? Lakers. Because you're a LeBron fan? I'm a LeBron fan. Not only am I LeBron, a LeBron fan, but look at the work they were doing before shutdown. Yeah. Was there NBA games before? It seems so long ago. It does. Yeah, it was. Remember? <laughs> it's crazy. Remember yeah. it was it was the Jazz game with uh, Rudy Gobert, who tested positive for coronavirus, and they were like, up. Oh. And then I think the next game after that, wow, it seems so long ago. I'm going to say it was the Memphis Grizzlies. It was Memphis, yep. It some was other Memphis. team, and yep. they started on the court, and they started to warm up. And then all of a sudden, it was like, nope, get off the court. Yeah, we're done. Back. yeah it yeah. seems so long ago. When I just, I haven't thought about it, but just thinking about it just now, I'm like, did that actually happen? It seems like it didn't even happen. <laughs> but did. I'm going with the Lakers. I think they have they have a squad. I mean, um, of course, you got to trust in LeBron. When you have LeBron, yeah, uh, yeah. all can go well. But also, I think Utah is a good team. Um, Denver, I think they were playing well. Yeah, Not the sure. Joker. Yep, Joker. Yeah. He looks like he's in better shape. He looks like yeah. he's slowing down and he can move a little bit. Yeah. Sixers, mm, mm, who knows? You never Moving know. Ben those. Simmons to the forward, seeing what he can do at a different position will be yeah, interesting. I think, you know, um, Embiid is huge if he can mm – -hmm step up that'll be a good um run I, I don't see philly winning i really think la who do you LA, think? well i th i think it's going to be nla team versus the celtics oh, I, um oh. i think that the bucks not having malcolm brogdon will mm -hmm. affect them more in the playoffs and i think they realize even though i think Giannis is the best uh mm -hmm. you know all-around player for it you yeah. know his talent is amazing but mm -hmm. I think the best all-around team may very well be the Celtics, and they're young. Because yes. that's what I was going to ask you is if you think youth will, you know, really be something that is a hidden secret for some of these teams because the older vets, including like a LeBron, not used to playing this time of the year, right? This is like I'm going to rest, I'm, I'm chilling, and like to get your body ready for not just basketball but playoff basketball in like a week and a half. Mm -hmm. I just wonder how that will affect some of these older guys. I mean, I That's think the youth will help 
Boston in a way like they're energized and mm-hmm. they'll be able to compete and play. But I think you can't, I don't think youth um, trumps experience. And uh-huh. I feel like LA okay. has way more experience. Um, they could settle things, you know, this will be Boston. Some of those guys will be their first time on the big stage. Like if they make it yeah. to the finals, Jason um, Tatum's nice. He's like the Jason next LeBron. Jay, I don't know about that. His body, he's not built like he's not built like he's LeBron. Built like him. Yeah, he is yeah. definitely a talent. Before Kara, you know who Kara, who took the um, Duke job, was yeah. a coach there, and I was, you know, she's a good friend of mine, so I talked to her often, mm-hmm. and we would talk about. She's like, I'm just getting my guys ready, and I'm like, she, she's like, I, I think people are sleeping on us, but you'll see. Like, we're gonna yeah. make some noise in this second yeah. half of the season, and so I think you're right. They got some talent out in Boston. Yeah. So. Their regular season games start July 30th. So uh, here's another topic. I, okay, you're a big fan of LeBron. He's won yeah. three championships. Mm-hmm. And, and, if he, and if he wins this one, it'll be his fourth with his uh, third team. Teams, yeah. Okay. Kawhi, if the Clippers win it, will also have four rings with three different teams. Is Kawhi yeah. – can Kawhi – jump over LeBron as maybe top five in the NBA all time if he wins it and LeBron doesn't? That's a good question. But I'll say no. (laughs) And I'll say no because uh, Kawhi, although super talented, very skillful, a winner, a champion, he doesn't have the reach that LeBron has. He doesn't have the charisma, which is it it has nothing to do with basketball. Like if you put them next to each other, you could go either way. You could go Kawhi or you could go LeBron. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a worthy debate. But LeBron's reach is so much greater than what he does on the court. Like the things he's doing in his community, um, how worldwide his reach is across yeah. the globe. Like everybody knows who LeBron James is. And yes, they know who Kawhi is too. But he's, you know, he's reserved. He's quiet. He gets his work yeah. done. He gets out. Yeah. And so although that shouldn't be like a, a knock against him because mm-hmm. his job is to go to work and do his job. And obviously he has done it at the highest level and with the best of them. I don't see him jumping over LeBron. Okay. No. For well, that if, reason. If he wins the championship, uh, I'll ex- I expect Nike to come out with some Space Jam 2 shoe with like all of the, the, the championship rings on it and the king and whatever something. else you could put on it. It'll be something, I'm yeah. sure. Could you play without fans? Like, I think that's weird. Like, even on your Twitter, you know, you retweeted the WNBA and the WNBA, these uh, courts with just screens around them that I'm sure they're going to show all of this content and, mm-hmm. and stats. Like, is that weird to not play with fans? I think it'll be super weird. I was, um, you know, they were doing all their green screen stuff the other day. And I was, yeah. I hit one of my friends that plays and I was like, why are you guys doing that? Who's going to see it? You know, like, <laughs> in game, they're like, cheering, like, let's go and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you guys are going to be in empty arenas. I know like your, their, their plus ones and their families are allowed to go to the game. So it'll be mm-hmm. like sprinkled fans throughout, but it definitely will be weird. I know it'll yeah. be especially weird for the men because they're used to playing in these arenas with, thousands of people 10,000 yeah. people plus and it's going to be empty so and could you imagine having to be like six seats away from your teammates sitting in the stadium yeah, you're I like hey the, how you doing uh, the the bench yeah. set up it was like seats back there over there the coach <laughs> yeah. was going to like have to sub somebody in and he's not gonna be able to find them he'll be like right 
Wait, where's LeBron? Yeah, he's all the <laughs> way up there, like 10 rows yeah, up. Like, oh, come up on down. Like, hey. And the then price the player, is right, come on down. <laughs> you know, a player that never gets in and you want to get in and the coach is looking at the bench, you can kind of like, if you're close, he can see you like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now it's going to be like out of sight, out of mind. You're never going to get in the game now. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah, I think it'll take some adjusting. But once you get in the game and get in the flow, all that noise doesn't even matter. You're going to be focused on winning, which yeah. all those guys are. And speaking of winning, the Duke women's basketball team brought in the second Coach K to, yeah. <laughs> to join their team. Uh, you mentioned it already. Uh, how, how, how much have you talked to Kara, like about why she took the job, how excited she is for it? Because, I mean, it's got to be an amazing pull to be able to leave the NBA bench Yep. to become a, a college coach at that program. Mm -hmm. Yep. When the, um, so Kara's a good friend of mine, like I said, and when like the rumors came out that Kara Lawson was a, like a front runner for the job, I called her and soon she, and she answered the phone and she said, Mo, I can't talk <laughs> to you about what you're calling me about. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm calling you to check on you in the bubble. I want to know, you know, what's going on in the bubble? How you doing? She's like, yeah. Okay. So then we, at that point, we just talked about the bubble and how things were going and how she had been quarantining and she was about to head out to practice and all that. So she didn't give up the information. Mm -hmm. And so the next day and the news broke, um, the SID at Duke sent me a text like, did you hear, hear the news? And, <laughs> da, 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 da. and I'm like, yeah, like, I'm so excited. You know, I text her um, as soon as I heard about it. I know she was getting a million texts. So she did call, she called me. Um, the day after the hiring was, um, her hiring yeah. was announced. And um, I'm super pumped. I think she's perfect for the job. I was, I was not surprised. I was surprised because she kind of just got into the NBA. Yeah. And, you know, when I talked to her, she was saying like, you know, probably Duke was probably the only cool. job that could have pulled her away from what she yeah. was because she loved her guys she loved being in the nba but i mean her heart is with women young girls leading mm -hmm. you know grooming these young girls to become great women and, and through basketball and like duke i mean obviously it's a prestigious school one of the yeah. best of course in the country. <laughs> what can i say i mean who turns down a head coaching job at, at duke <laughs> you know at duke university so um yeah and she and she's really like reached out to the alumni, which I appreciate. You know, she mm -hmm. put together a Zoom call um, for all for all the alumni, just to, for her to kind of go over, you know, what she's feeling, um, what she wants to bring to the program, and like I'm super super stoked to have her and like see wow. um, the program change back yeah. to what it was because it kind of yeah. fell off a little bit. I hate to yeah. say. That's, that's, that's interesting, too, because not only did she take it, but you talk about a transformation. She was color analyst on the Wizards, yep. for the Wizards games for one season, and next season with the Celtics. And now, you know, moving on to Duke, I feel like it's been a whirlwind time for her. But maybe in some ways now she gets to settle down because I think this is, seems to be a little more long term. Yeah, definitely. But I did enjoy, you know, being as a sideline reporter while she was playing for the Mystics and then... Yep kind of being with her during the Wizards time. But uh, I just want to say you did give a shout out. I went to Coppin State. I played tennis there. Oh, I didn't know that. Laura Harper. Yeah, that's my girl too. I just, I love seeing um, women, especially black women, get in positions, um, head coaching positions. I mean, you know, we play the game, we're the majority of the game. And so that opportunity, 
those opportunities haven't been afforded to very many black women. And like mm-hmm. Laura's young, um, this will be her first collegiate head coaching role, her first head coaching role uh, outside of high school. And so, you know, I, I'm hopeful that she'll surround herself with like a really great staff. Yeah. I think it's a great place to start. You know, Coppin isn't like a huge, it's not a big school. Right, HBCU. HBCU, she can recruit locally, get some DC. Mm-hmm. I told her, I text her, I text Laura uh, whenever it was announced, I think it was yesterday, you know, you know, congratulating her, like, you want to get some girls out the city, <laughs> and, you know, because it's up the street. So, right, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be, it's, it'll be great. You know, I want to see yeah. her win, I want to see her do well, and I'm, I, I know that she will. You're so connected. Um, but there's one team that you're connected to that I want to get your opinion on. Uh-huh. Uh, this is serious. The Washington NFL team. Okay, that's my team too. What's going yeah. on? Oh God, drama! Did you ever work for uh, Risk? I mean, well, we don't call them the Risk anymore. The Washington yeah. Football Team. Did you ever work for I, them? I didn't, but I covered them uh, when I was at Fox Five for a little okay. bit. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, there was now that I got my own production company, I had talked to them briefly about possibly doing some work for them, uh, okay. but. Uh, yeah, just everything changed. All of a sudden, I feel like FedEx, you know, delivered, uh, no pun intended, but they delivered the <laughs> final blow to get it did. It uh, was- Dan Snyder changed the team name. And then the Washington Post delivered with probably the, the biggest but saddest story for mm-hmm. that organization and for women to have to work in those kind of conditions. And also reporters, like it's just, yeah, that was really, that was a tough read. It's unfortunate to see. And it's like, it's just sad because i'm a home team like wizards mystics nats caps skins are all my teams right and so yeah for me like the whole the name change i don't know you know you know who mike wise is he's been pushing for years and i'm always like if native americans say that the term is derogatory or racist then change it like who are we to say that it's not and so yeah dan hung on to it for as long as he could but in this climate and what people are serious like it's time to make a change. And I hate that it took the murder of somebody for people to make real change. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's just a name, but that means a lot. And yeah. um, hopefully in addition to that, now all the skeletons are coming out the closet of what's really been going on. And maybe the reason why we never win anything. I'm tired of, I want to be able to go to a Super Bowl. I want to be able to, on Sunday, I have my red skins, um, my skins gear on. Yeah. I'm walking down the street. I'm going to take my daggone shirt off at the end of the yeah. game. You know, yeah. I wanna, yeah. So I think, you know. It's almost should, 30 years since the Super Bowl, 1991 my whole life almost. I yeah. mean, I can't remember when the Redskins were like, even just the playoff. I think we made the playoffs once in the past, maybe twice. Yeah, I think Joe Gibbs was the last yeah. time with, or no, RG3. No, yeah, RG3. RG3 yeah. Was, um, yeah. Kirk Cousins too, so I guess it has been a couple times. But it was quick. It's an in and out yeah. situation. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm ready for change. I'm ready to support whatever our new name will be. Yeah. I've seen some Red Wolves, which looks pretty cool. I don't know. I was going to ask you, what name do you think you go with? I've seen Red Wolves with the same, um, keeping yeah. the same colorways, the burgundy and gold. It, and the uniforms look pretty dope. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Red Tails. I know they're trying to oh, keep Red the Tails. HTTR. That's the key. It's trying to hold on to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Cause yeah, yeah. HBR will be dope. Um, but whatever it is, I'm gonna get behind the team. Like, 
yeah. gonna be one of those one of those fans, like say Kansas City fans. Um, mm-hmm. They waited a long time. There's some like lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fans. Yeah, finally were able to like celebrate a Super Bowl, and I'm like, yeah. one day. Yeah, one day. One day, that'll be me. One day. I thought, actually, speaking of Kansas City, I thought maybe they would consider changing their name, too, um, as a part of it. Um, But I also, you know, for years, I would say, well, the reason why Dan isn't changing it, well, one, he's a fan. He grew up a fan. But I think it's mostly money. He's not going to pay for the change of a name. This guy to come from the NFL or a sponsor, either losing money, because, like, FedEx is saying, okay, well, you'll lose $45 million or the mm-hmm. NFL mandating it, and then maybe he can say, hey, if you buy back all of the, the old merchandise, then I don't mind changing the name. So right. I'm not going Yeah, because it is a, it, I mean, that's a big hit. And, you know, it is a business, probably a business first for a lot of these owners. Yeah, yeah. But I, what can you yeah. Do? Have you watched any other, you watched The Last Dance? I did, yeah, of course. Did you watch The Decision, Backstory, The Decision? The de- no. LeBron Decision? Or yeah. Back in it was, the day? No, it's it's a documentary called Backstory, The Decision. No, okay, I haven't. So you haven't seen it. Did you no. see In the Water? PJ yeah, County Basketball. I did see In the Water, yep. Okay. Um, I, I, I would say you're probably going to say you like The Last Dance more than In the Water, but did you yeah, like In the Water in general? In Water was cool. I think it was... Um, I mean, it was, I don't know, it was good. It was good enough. It told the story for the most part of the talent that comes out of that area, which is a ton of talent. I don't think a lot of people um, knew how much talent came out of PG County. So many people hit yeah. me up like, why weren't you in, in the water? Why didn't they talk about you? I'm like, I'm not from PG County. <laughs> Finally, yeah. people from PG County are embracing being from PG County and not saying like, oh, I'm from DC. DC, like, that's yeah. what it is. Like everybody, I feel like people on the outside thought in the water was going to include like DC and maybe right. even some Northern Virginia. It's like, yeah, no, no, this is PG County. And, and I had David Alger join and we both said DC basketball had uh-huh. more talent coming out of it overall over the long long term than PG yeah. County, but I respect More PG recently, County. PG County more has recently. really, yeah, yeah, more recently, they really have piled it up. And it, I yeah. think it really with Kevin Durant, he represents um, C. Pleasant, I think he's from C. Pleasant. Yeah, yeah. So he's never claimed to be from D.C. or anything like that. He's always like, I'm from yeah. PG County. But yeah, I think it was great to shine light on, you know, the, the city and um, the talent, the schools, and, you know, just the pipeline yeah. of basketball players that come out of there. I was part of the pitch to try to get KD to come to the Wizards. We made a nice little video for him. Who knows? Maybe after this Brooklyn Nets time, maybe he'll say, all right, I'll come home. I give y'all. We always get somebody. We, I give y'all when I'm on this way, then I'll come yeah. join you. <laughs> it's, it's like, like with the Washington get football in their team. Prime? Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, back in the day, it's not like Deion Sanders on the NFL team. It's like, man, right. he's on the yeah. It's too late now. Like we get Isaiah Thomas more most recently. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, he got a bad, a bad back. Can't play. It's like the year mm-hmm. before. We just. Mm-hmm. I yeah. need something. I need. I have hope for my Wizards because that's my yeah. squad too, and I hope that one day. Yeah, me too. Around. Yeah, they they need a third player, and I don't know if a Rui. Who's the first two. I mean, we got Brad Wall oh, and Beal. Wall and Beal. I think they need a third one, and their best time was when Paul Pierce was there. Not that those guys aren't leaders to an extent, but I think they relished having a player like Paul Pierce kind of lead the way and give them that blueprint of how to succeed in the playoffs. And yeah. I think they need that again. But also we got Paul after his prime too. He was still good, but he wasn't We did, we did. I, but I think in his role, 
it was like he had a little, a little bit left of the tank. tank, you know, the, <laughs> I call bank, you know, just <laughs> enough, just enough, just yeah. enough. But yeah. I agree with you though. So hopefully they'll get that other player if it's not a rookie or, you know, if it's not Rui, you know. Right. We haven't been, it won't be Rui. Like, come on, man. Yeah. He's good, but he's, I don't see, he's, he's not a, a game changer. Yeah. Okay. He's right. a good, he's a good yeah. role player, but um, we need a big signing. Like, I don't know. Building through the draft takes so long. And so, unless you get a player like Zion, now he's an instant change, but how many yeah. Zions come along? There hasn't right. been a Zion right. since LeBron. So. And you got to play, you got to be a bad team in order to get them that way. So, the only way to do it is a free agent. And I don't think Washington could take another nine and what would that, oh gosh, got to do my math, nine and <laughs> 73 season or something like that to get the <laughs> number one pick. I'm hopeful. Maybe we'll land a big, a big free agent, somebody wants to come to the city, but we haven't. Yeah. Like, yeah. who's the biggest that's in their prime? Like, the biggest player in their prime, I would say, was Gilbert. We got Gilbert from Golden State. Yeah, I would okay. say he's the big. He was the biggest player in his prime. And if you want to go farther back, then it would be Bob Dandridge. They signed him in his prime. They won an NBA championship. God, that was so long ago, Jim. Okay, we're like <laughs> talking about. I know. <laughs> Lord, that's our biggest claim. <laughs> I think that's it. I really do. Really what was that? 78 or when 78, was that? Yeah, 78, it was 78, 79. right? Yeah. Come on, man. That's a long time ago. Yeah, it was. But I, I guess in my mind, it's also saying that it was the biggest signing that actually led to, uh, you know, great successes for the franchise. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, thank you, Mo. I had a wonderful time. I really enjoyed that. I could talk to you more. I hope you do well with your FanDuel lineup. Maybe you could do like a DraftKings NBA one before it gets started on the 30th and pick some Wizards. I don't know what Wizards you would pick. Yeah, I know, because is Bradley playing? Nope. No Brad. No, no Davis Bertan. So you don't get the three-pointer and Wall's not playing either, but you're probably there won't be already. Any, so. if, I, if I did DraftKings, I'm sorry, there wouldn't be any Wizard players on my team. <laughs> That's a tough call. That's a tough it call. It is. <laughs> Hey, Mo, congratulations on, on making that bank with the with your uh your stock, your Tesla stock. I did. I came you up like five, I made like five K. I was like, <laughs> I gotta hit you up on another podcast. We'll talk business. I know you're an entrepreneur too. Thanks, Mo. All right, appreciate it, Jamoke. All right, I want to thank Monique Curry for being my guest on Just for Sport. I enjoyed the conversation as usual. And I want to thank you for listening. Please share it and leave a review. You can catch past pods and subscribe for future ones on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and more. You know what I'm about to say. Ciao for now. <laughs>